we always say, don't be one and done. Don't do a show and be done. That's not where the value comes in. So I think what our success is really teaching our clients and making sure to check in on them. Are you following the steps for success? And that's where they start to see that momentum. You're listening to the Let's Talk Marketing Podcast hosted by me, Katya Allison. So what have you gotten yourself into? What do I always say? It's going to be a good time, a great conversation, and there's going to be a little bit of learning along the way. Now, through insightful interviews with top marketers, entrepreneurs, and thought leaders, I get to explore the latest trends and techniques and strategies in the world of marketing. I'm here to offer you engaging and informative discussions to help you stay up to date on the latest trends and take your marketing skills to the next level. Now, in this episode, we're covering podcasting and marketing with Nicole. Now, Nicole has spent the majority of her career as an executive assistant in the corporate realm and has seamlessly blended her small business background and strong work ethic. Harnessing her passion for organization and efficiency, she established Boson, a boutique remote staffing firm committed to offering affordable solutions for small business owners, aiming to grow and scale, irrespective of their economic conditions. Transforming the concept of basically a virtual assistant into a thriving multi-million dollar company, Nicole brings a wealth of experience with an impressive 15-year track record providing executive support to a top 15 companies in Nelson rankings. She has successfully facilitated remote teams for over 500 small businesses. And I am super excited to talk a little bit of marketing, more specifically podcasting with Nicole. Nicole, welcome to the Let's Talk Marketing podcast. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be in this audience. This is a new audience for me, so excited to be here. I'm excited that you are here. We're doing something a little bit differently today, and I think this is what's 2024. It's the year of spicing it up a bit from like a podcast perspective, and you are going to bring to us a little bit of podcast strategy for businesses and entrepreneurs. But before we do dive into that, I'd love to get to know you a little bit better and help me understand how you got started in just like the podcasting world per se. I feel like podcasting is relatively new Mm -hmm. as far as like the timeline goes, but I'd love to hear how you got started and where you've evolved to. Yeah. So it was a total happy accident, the one that we love being in, but I come from an entrepreneurial household, so that was always in my blood. About seven years ago, started a staffing company, and we serviced a lot of small business owners, and they were constantly coming to us. We did a lot of fractional support, and they were like, hey, how can I get my name out there? I don't have a $20,000 a month ad spend. Like, How do I get introductions? How do I build my brand? How do I get established as this like thought leader? And so we started getting people booked on podcasts. We had no idea what we were doing. It was just like, hey, I wonder if we reach out to these shows and how could we position that? And so we had this as this kind of underground service line within our staffing company, which really didn't fit. And then funny enough, about two years ago, I was listening to a podcast, How I Built This, which I love. And they were talking about positioning your brand, making your message clear, having your services outlined. And I was like, you know, we have this really good service in getting people on shows. We've seen ourselves from utilizing it, how well it's converted to sales and connections and all these things. Why is this not a company? I need to make this a company. And so 
My daughter actually thought of the name while we were driving in the car. We bought the domain on the way up there and started the new business. So we feel like we've kind of grown up with podcasts because we've been doing this now for over seven years. The industry has changed significantly, but along those ways, we've built a lot of awesome relationships. And now we're really giving Miked Up its own legs to really grow and really reach out to individuals on how awesome this community and space can really be utilized for business owners. Now, what is it that you like about what you do? And conversely, what, if anything, you could pluck out of what you're doing currently? In just my day-to-day with my work? Yeah. Yeah. So I think the biggest struggle for me is really just being able to get my own message out and connect with business owners and really convey how much of a um, benefit this can be for them. So stretching myself in many different ways, I do have two other businesses So trying to pull myself in a lot of different directions, but I do love to delegate and I'm actually very good at it. I love being able to identify talent, put them in um, and in that place. But I think, you know, that's probably every entrepreneur's struggle, right? If I could clone myself more of me, more time, um, I could get a lot more done. Isn't that the truth? Yeah. Now, I would imagine that kind of being in the world of podcasts that you have to be able to stay up to date on trends. Mm-hmm. So I'm curious, do you leverage social media in any way, shape or form to either be, well, I assume entertained because I feel like social media can be very entertaining, but do you leverage social media for entertainment, inspiration or education? And if so, Which social media channels do you gravitate towards for those? Yeah, so the way that we are working with our clients is we are almost serving as a PR agency for them, right? So Mm -hmm. we are taking them. So the way that we are using social media is making sure that they are positioned to have audience members look them up, to be drawn to them, to see the story that they're hoping to tell. So We have different services where we say, hey, we're looking at your socials. Your clients are living here. You have no presence. Your message isn't clear and working through there. So we're a little bit more on the back end, but we're also teaching our clients that, hey, when these shows are produced, you are going to get a lot of content. That's also a really cool thing of doing podcasts and make sure and let us help you capitalize on that and put those into socials, use them for newsletters pump them out to sales opportunities, all these ways. So we do walk our clients through that. But internally on the technology side, we are investing in a lot of technology to make sure that we are having the latest shows, top shows, great agent connections that we can reach out to. And that's what makes us a little bit unique there. So it looks like if you were leveraging social media in general, like personally, it, it sounds like what you're doing is you're trying to find ways or maybe get inspiration from other social media networks or what other podcasters are doing to help promote their podcasts online. Absolutely. Yeah. Excellent. Well, let's get to it. Let's start talking about podcasting. And one of the things I had told you before we hopped on that I really liked about us even starting to talk about having you on the show was how podcasting solves four different business problems for entrepreneurs and businesses. One is networking, one the other sales funnels, marketing, and then SEO and social media. I kind of want to work a little bit backwards because I feel like social media is that final thing. So tell me about how you can leverage podcasting from an SEO social media perspective as an entrepreneur and maybe how we can bridge that from a business perspective. Yeah. So I am not a marketing expert. I don't have a marketing background. I do not claim to be in marketing, 
But what I struggled for my own personal self, being in staffing, and I knew we were doing something very different than what I saw in the marketplace. And I could not figure out how print media could convert to that. But if I had an opportunity to sit down with a business owner, man, it was a quick close. They got it. They understood we were offering different services, customized services. This was a very hands-on, high-touch point staffing that we were. And so I thought, okay, how do I multiply that? And so in podcasting, I was multiplying it. And so not only was I reaching that audience, but then I had this content being produced for me because that's one thing people don't understand is the show is in charge of, I mean, you know, it's a whole other job once we go off air, right? It's like, you got to produce this, you're doing show notes, you're doing socials, all these things. And that show was just giving me this. So now I didn't produce that content. I could repurpose it. I could have my social team sending that out in newsletters. I was using it for sales calls. Hey, I thought you'd really appreciate this. I know you struggle with delegation. Listen to my story on here. We talk about that. So it's giving me a little bit of credibility. They could go to my website. They can go to my LinkedIn. They're seeing all of these speaking engagements and hearing my story. And that's when it really was like the momentum was happening. Now I was not just someone they met at a networking event. I had credibility. They could hear from my own voice, my own story. And so by the time they got to me, that close rate was significantly faster because it was like, yeah, I already bought in. I heard the spiel. Let's go. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. And I think that you're right. It is from a content marketing perspective, I feel like podcasts, it is a multiplier, right? Like how can we spread this out? Where else can we be? What kind of snippets do we want to pull? What are the audiograms and how can we really amplify the content that we create from that? And I don't know if you share this opinion, but I feel we're talking about it from a personal brand or an entrepreneur perspective, but I feel like brands And other companies just benefit from those exact same things as well, too. Would you agree? Absolutely. When I listen to how I built this, those are huge brands, right? I listened to Bombas and went online that afternoon and bought Bombas socks because I was like, man, I love hearing about the support that they do. That's awesome. And I haven't tried these. So absolutely. There's no downside really in being able to you personally convey your story and your message and what you do for your target audience. And that was really the platform that I found podcasts to be. Now, do you ever find it a challenge to convince people to start the podcast? Because there's so much more to podcasting than just the interview. To me, this is the fun part. This is why I'm in it because I love the conversation. I love to learn. I love all of that stuff. There's a level of prep that goes into it. And then there is a whole post-production. And then there is the amplification of the content that you have. So I'm curious as to how you showcase the benefit for entrepreneurs or businesses that will come to you and say, ah, okay, podcast, but how do I know it's working? Yeah, that's probably like my biggest sales struggle because like I know it works. How do I continue this? And a lot of it really has to do with like own imposter syndrome. What am I supposed to say to these people? And I try to say it's everything that you're saying and talking with your potential customers with. And it's a connection through that. And it's just spreading that word. And don't sit on the light that you have, right? You have a great service and you believe that's a great service. Why do you not want to expand that network? But a lot of the obstacles are that. What am I going to say? I'm not a speaker. I don't know how to do this. And so we walk through those challenges and then it kind of becomes, well, how do I know that anyone's going to buy from this? 
which I kind of point back to any marketing or social media effort. Are you going to see a dollar for dollar download and exchange a client? Of course not. But it's all in building that brand awareness, the credibility. You and I will for sure network after this, right? This is how, and I try to tell people that are hosting podcasts, they are in a place of wanting to connect, to give back, to refer. And I have found that hands down in the podcast community. And so you're also opening up your network and who you can connect with. Like anything, right? Like the ones that it clicks on, they're like, oh my word, I'm sold. This is amazing. And to be honest with Mike Depp, we have exceptional retention because people get it and they really start feeling that momentum coming just like any type of marketing effort. But I would say our biggest hurdle is getting them to a place of like, why would anyone want to hear from me? And I get it because I was in that shoes too, you know, and so I can emphasize with that. That's interesting. Yeah, I've never thought it's ironic because I have an episode about imposter syndrome for marketing, (laughs) which is interesting that you even brought up imposter syndrome for that. I think it's all about such having a if you have something to say and it's worth listening to, it doesn't matter what your credentials are, what your credentials, what your pedigree is. It doesn't matter if other people could and will be potentially interested in that. Now, for those who are bought in, what are, how are you proving success? Is it like how many doors are open for them? Is it that return on investment dollar for dollar? Or is it awareness? Is it social media exposure? How are you measuring success for them? Yeah, I would say that's probably our biggest struggle, but we do really coach our clients on, we call them kind of like the four steps post podcast. And are you following those four steps? Because I personally have used this for seven years and that's what gets me results. So a lot of times I'm really just quantifying my own experience and my own results, which has led to multi six-figure introductions. I mean, even just this past year, we've doubled down in it, setting up those relationships. But just like any networking and any relationship, you have to invest in those, right? And so really making sure that you're harnessing those relationships, seeing where you can bring value, harnessing that content that has been created. So it's like anything, like if you're not following these steps, you're not going to see that true ROI. We always say, don't be one and done. Don't do a show and be done. That's not where the value comes in. So I think what our success is really teaching our clients and making sure to check in on them. Are you following the steps for success? And that's where they start to see that momentum. They're getting introductions. Even last night, I, I got an email that said, hey, I, saw, I heard you on this show last week. And I sent it to my team and I said, okay, team, here's another testimonial. I've got a sales call tomorrow from my listener. So, you know, yeah. What are the four steps? Did I miss them as you articulated them? Or if you can just repeat it again in like the four steps for it? Yeah. So the first one we call is green room ROI. And that's where really after we... Um, stop recording. That's where you and I as the host are going to have a conversation and tell me more about your business and who can we connect? Where can I bring value? All of that and the follow-ups. The next is really repurposing that content that you receive from there, turning that into newsletters, making sure to promote that on your own socials, and then setting quarterly meetings with your hosts to get back and connect with them. So it really is a lot of relationship building, follow-ups, promotion, to really make sure that ROI is tangible and seen. I see then how how podcasting does solve for the networking and the sales funnel and the marketing and the SEO all in a 30 to 45 minute conversation. And sometimes it's even less time than that, which I think is incredibly fascinating. 
So for people who come to you, whether it's entrepreneurs or businesses, and actually maybe this is the question that I want to ask, do they come to you with already knowing that they want to start a podcast or is this something that you have to, I don't know, get them to? Yeah. So, you know, and it's interesting that you said that because some people do come to us and they're like, I'm thinking of starting a podcast. And we're kind of like, we walk them through that, as you know, that is a much bigger time and financial commitment than coming on and being as a guest. So we also want to really evaluate where they are in that. And the easiest way I explain it is what's easier to come to someone's house for dinner or for you to prepare dinner and host someone, right? So this is the difference in money and time and all the things. So that normally helps them because we do have host services as well. And then really it's just starting with, okay, who is your target market? We get them in with their direct podcast agent. That person is really going to serve as their assistant, as their booker, as their follow-ups, all these things, and just figuring out the niche that they're hoping to get into and then getting them on those shows. So that's if you basically want to be a guest on a show. For starting a show, is are there tips that you get or you give to those who are coming to you to help narrow down the format of the podcast? And I ask this because, of course, this is my podcast. I get a lot of people who start off with, so I was thinking about starting a podcast and this is my third podcast that I've started. So it's, I always want to tell them like, you've, you've got to understand like what format you want to go into. It sounds like a lot of times when you are either listening to podcasts or watching them online, because it can be one or both of those, that people are just casually having a conversation. And maybe that is one of the formats. So I'm wondering how you coach people to get to the right format for their voice and for their brand. So I wouldn't say that we necessarily do that space of coaching. Of course, we can give our pennies worth of thoughts on what we see to be bring a value for there, but our support is more mainly on the back end. So handling the administration, handling the social media marketing, helping with booking of guests, finding guests. So we're more on the back office side, but of course, if a client coming to us starting, we're happy to give the, that advisement there, but I wouldn't say that we're necessarily coaches in advising how or, or what to have the setup of their show, so to speak. Do you have an opinion of what people should consider if they do want to start their own podcast? Obviously, depending on the niche and everything, but look at it as really bringing value. So if I'm in that space and what I see five years from now when maybe I can actually be in that space to do that is what are things that I've seen along my career that I feel that are gaps in connecting other people? So obviously I'm in the business world, so I see a lot of gaps, right? I don't have a resource for this. I don't know how to find this. I don't know who to go to this. So for me, it would be based on my career, what was that value that I would have liked to have had? And let me put that content out into the podcast universe, so to speak. Really great advice because you're right. You're seeing a need and you're filling the need. And that's really what it's about. That is what people gravitate towards because that's where they're going to find value. And then they're going to gain insights from the things that you could potentially say on your episode. Do you find that there is a sweet spot for a guest to come on? Is it like a, as far as time, is it a podcast that's 20 minutes long versus an hour long? Or do you evaluate that at all when you're looking for like, hey, this is the right podcast to get this person on? I actually have never had that topic. I was trying to even think from my experience. I find everything 20 to an hour. Hour tends to go more in depth on my own history and story. 
before really getting into. So there's value in that. I've used, we've cut up a lot of footage in that space to really talk about. I mean, one thing that I think makes me unique is I'm able to speak to business owners given my background and everything. So we'll splice that up. I don't think there's a downside either way, at least from my experience. I will say sometimes I've done some shows that are like maybe 15 minutes and it was, it felt more like a commercial. That's not my favorite. I'm like, I just, okay, Bosa, 9.99, sign up here. You know, like that's not like my thing, but, but still, I mean, it was value adding and obviously helped get that word out. But I find most are 30 minutes and I feel that is plenty of time to really connect and tell your story. Yeah, I think that is a good sweet spot. One of the things that, and I told you this when we were coming on, is what I find is it's about a conversation. I think most people want to be a fly on the wall and be able to learn something. Yeah, be able to learn something from it and gain some sort of insight. And it goes back to the value that we've been already connecting and talking about. Now, one of the things that you also mentioned was being able to cut up this podcast so that you can share it on social media. I think there are a lot of different schools of thoughts on how often and what type of things you should share from a podcast perspective on social media. There's audiograms, there's just quotes. Do you run the gamut? Do you do it all? Or do you find that maybe audiograms are are better for from an amplification standpoint for social media or maybe video is better? What are your thoughts on that? I think it depends on the platform. So we do a lot of reels, which is great, especially for our company, Mike Depp. That's a very real friendly company. Staffing, not so much. So I think it depends on the company and the platform. LinkedIn is going to be a very different platform in that space. And so sometimes even just resharing the shows, providing links to the shows, maybe we'll put a video along with an article or a post with it. But the reality is it's just fantastic produced content for you. And I think as a business owner, that's the help that we need, right? Like I don't have time to make selfie videos and cut them up and turn them into this. So I've got someone else that's doing that. That's part of what I'm already paying for, so to speak. And not only that, we've obviously linked everything back to our website, everything back to our socials, helping with that SEO um, and really try to capitalize. When it's launch day on a show, the whole team is resharing and liking and thank you for having us. And so we coach our clients on that as well. Hey, when these come out, get your team to share it, get your family, colleague, whatever, like that's going to make this show. And the flip side of that is hosts appreciate that as well. And it's one reason that they want to work with us is because they know we're also promoting promotion of their show. It's just a real full circle moment there. It is really full circle. And honestly, as a marketer who has hosted like branded podcasts that are not mine, I think it's, you're always running up against the, how do I prove that this is worth it? And I think it's tough to be able to quantify all these things that we've been talking about when it comes to reposting, resharing, building out your brand, opening up the network. I, I, from a brand awareness perspective for any brand, I think this is key. If you are a place that people go to, to get some insights and values, of course you would want that. And it's really hard. I think to, like I said, quantify that and then trace it back to that dollar. But I feel like a marketer is always chasing the return on investment on everything that it is that they're doing. So I love that we've had this conversation so far on like entrepreneurs and like how you can build your own brand and the networking and the connections. Because ultimately business is about relationships as well too. So when you can make those connections and have those conversations, you find that you have shared values, shared values, shared insights, and there's a lot that we can gain from one another. 
just in sharing the knowledge. Now, I feel like I've taken up a ton of your time. I've got one last question for you. The final question is, if you knew then what you know now, what's the advice that you give to yourself? Man, I always say this. I would have started sooner. I would have for sure started Really? Yeah. I'm definitely a risk taker. And I just think there's something very, and don't get me wrong, running a business is very hard. It's a lot. But there is something really freeing about being able to be creative with your ideas, your service, your culture, the team you bring in, and really not having a cap on what you can do and how, what you can succeed. That I think, man, if I had done this when I was 15 years younger, <laughs> like, so good about, you know, had more energy and all the things. But yeah, I would have started earlier. And, and I say that because we see so many people come through that ride that fence and ride that fence and I can't jump and should I jump? And it's like, you can't be half pregnant. You got to jump. If you feel that stirring and you feel passionate about it and obviously managed risks, but go for it, bet on yourself. Worst case, you can go back and get a job. Like the the world does not end if it doesn't work out. So yeah, I would say start earlier. That's true. I can appreciate the pregnant analogy because you're right. You can't only get a half pregnant. Before you said that, I was thinking like, oh, you should follow like the 80-20 rule, right? You can only be 80% sure of everything. The rest of it has got to be gut. And I love what you said. You've got to bet on yourself, right? If you're not betting on yourself, nobody else is going to. So have enough confidence to really step it up. And your advice would be to start sooner. So I love that. I can't thank you enough for coming onto the show, sharing your knowledge and insights. I appreciate it so much. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. It was truly a joy and a fun conversation. Excellent. Always fun talking about marketing, clearly, but this episode was fun because we were talking about podcasting. Ironic, because we were on a podcast. Now, I do have some key takeaways um, from our conversation today, so buckle up, buttercup. I've got them coming at you. Now, my first one, my first key takeaway is podcasting as a networking tool. Now, podcasting really serves as a powerful networking tool for individuals, entrepreneurs, and businesses. This approach allows those guests the opportunity to kind of just share their expertise, their experiences, and their insights, expanding their reach and credibility. Now, building relationships with hosts, guests, and listeners can lead to new opportunities. So podcast as a marketing strategy gives that to the brand. And it provides content to be reposted and shared. It's a great marketing tool to use, which leads me to my next key takeaway, repurposing content. Now, podcasts are a rich source of content to really repurpose across all of your marketing channels, from creating engaging audiograms and snippets to sharing podcast highlights on social media platforms, newsletters, and blogs. Repurposing extends the lifespan of each of the episodes while also giving you different segments of audience that would potentially prefer to receive that kind of content in different ways. So for example, if someone wants to watch a podcast, uh, record audio video, you can cut it down to just YouTube shorts that you can share. If you have no video, then make them audiograms that you can share on social media that you can also share in your newsletters. There are just a ton of ways to repurpose and get more out of it. Now, my final key takeaway is building credibility and brand awareness. Now, this is a great medium to share authentic stories, 
personal experiences and expert insights with your audience. It deepens connections with listeners, building trust and credibility over time because you do have to be consistent. You can't just say you want to do a podcast and post it once a month. You have to be consistent. As a podcast host or a guest, consistently providing valuable content, you can position yourself as an authority within whatever industry you are podcasting about. The increased credibility really fosters trust and boosts brand awareness for your brand. Now, what did you take away from today's episode? Slide into my DMs on LinkedIn and share. A very special thank you to my podcast producers, the amazing team at Content Allies. Thank you for spending time with me today. Until next time, may the conversation flow, the laughter linger, and the outlook remain optimistic but grounded in reality. This is Katya, signing off.